Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the MamaCrash.com. Welcome to the MamaCrats.com podcast. I'm Glenna Campbell, and I'll be your host today for our inaugural podcast. Um, I'm going to be joined today by two of my uh, colleagues, uh, Stefania Pomponi-Butler and Joanne Bamberger. Um, I'm the co-founder and managing editor of MamaCrats.com, which is a collaborative blog of progressive women bloggers who have gotten together to talk about politics online. Um, I wanted to give you a little background to start out about how we got started on Mama Kretz. Um, it seems like a lifetime ago, but it was really back in September of 2007. Uh, Stefania Pomponi-Butler and Beth Bleckerman of Tech Mamas and I, we got together at a coffee shop. And at that time, we had decided to support the, the candidacy of John Edwards. And so we wanted to find a way that we as moms and as bloggers could support Edwards' candidacy um, in a sort of new and different way. And uh, so we came up with the idea of this group blog. All three of us had had some um, experience with collaborative blogs. Beth is one of the co-founders of the Silicon Valley Moms Group, which has blogs nationwide uh, from Silicon Valley to Chicago to D.C. to New Jersey. And they're starting a Deep South Moms blog and a 50-something Moms blog. And so uh, Beth has a lot of experience with um, sort of blogger wrangling, I guess you could call it. And uh, Stefania also had been the co-founder of Kimchi Mamas, which I also blog for. Um, and Kimchi Mamas is a collaborative blog of Korean-American and Korean women uh, who are moms who have gotten together to talk about Korean cultural issues. And also some of our bloggers are uh, women who are married to Koreans and so are sort of tuned into that, that culture as well. So the three of us put our, our mixed experience together and decided that we would start this blog and invite some people that we knew uh, from other, other mom bloggers that we knew to join us and, um, and to write about Edwards, to write about his platform um, and the things that we saw that were appealing to us as moms and as citizens um, and to promote his agenda. Um, some of us had had the opportunity to meet Elizabeth Edwards at Blog Her and also in a, in a private meeting that was set up by the Silicon Valley Moms Group. And uh, we were just blown away by her. We thought that she really um, knew her stuff and that she would make a terrific first lady. And we'd also had the opportunity to meet John. Uh, a couple of us had gotten to meet him. So <clears throat> we started the blog, and I think at first we were sort of talking to each other. Uh, but over time, we started to uh, get noticed, and uh, we were actually quoted in the New York Times caucus blog early on in our blogging career, uh, which led some people to us. Uh, and the discussion on that at that time on the New York Times was about women online and women bloggers in general, and why weren't there more women bloggers out there who were talking about politics, which sort of led to a, a pretty interesting discussion within the blog her community. Um, and we were really uh, pleased to be sort of in that discussion and to be part of that. 
so um, so anyway, we we started out with um, nine of our what I like to call the original recipe mamacrats, the Edwards bloggers. Um, they were Deb from I Obsess, uh, Sheila from Jaolin Mama, uh, Jen from One Plus Two, uh, Joanne from Pundit Mom, who's going to join us a little bit in a few minutes. Stephanie from Lawyer Mama, and Christine from Modern English. And Christine also uh, participates in the Huffington Post Off the Bus project. Um, and so we were sort of the original group of, of uh, Edwards bloggers, and then all of us sort of faced that, that devastating day when John Edwards announced to the world that he was suspending his campaign, and we were sort of heartbroken, but understood his reasons, and you know, definitely wished him and Elizabeth well, and know that they're going to be leaders in our um, in our country in one way or the other. That they're going to continue their fight uh, for people who live in poverty and for the issues that uh, that they hold dear, that are also the issues that we hold dear, like uh, health care and um, working for the environment, and also working for for people in poverty. So uh, at that time, we had to regroup a little bit and had to sort of figure out what it was we wanted to do next or what were we going to do with the blog. Should we shut it down? Should we go forward? And we decided that um, that we wanted to move on, that we, we enjoyed the discussion, we enjoyed the interaction with the readers, and that we wanted to try to create a, a space online for progressive moms to discuss the issues. So we continued. And the thing was we couldn't come up with who we agreed to was the best candidate from the remaining candidates. Uh, some of us were for Obama, some of us were for Hillary Clinton, um, and so we decided to just go with that and let people express, you know, what appeals to them about Obama, what appeals to them about Hillary, but also not be afraid to be critical uh, when it's when it's due to be able to say, um, you know, I don't like this in this particular campaign. So we don't work for any campaign. We're independent. We speak our minds, um, and we take what comes from that. Uh, so sometimes the discussion on our blog can get a little heated and can get a little, um, I guess, passionate uh, because people feel really strongly about their politics, and they feel really strongly about having a voice in this political process. So with that said, um, that's where we are today. After we announced that we were you know, going to open it up, uh, we had some additional bloggers who joined us. We now have 22 bloggers who live from coast to coast and um, who have a, a wide variety of opinions. Um, we have uh, Jen Satterwhite from uh, Mommy Needs Coffee, who was a former Republican, um, and she decided to vote for Obama. Um, we have Joan Gary, who is a former director of GLAAD um, and was sort of nationally known for debating Jerry Falwell at one point uh, on whether or not Tinky Winky was gay, so you might remember her from that. And we have a, a, a huge number of really talented, really outspoken women who have come to blog with us or who have guest posted with us as well. And so we're very, very proud of how things have evolved. And, um, and so this podcast is sort of the next step in our in our plans for world domination, as we like to say, are just the next sort of natural evolution of the blog to continue the conversation that we're having online um, and to have it in a, a real uh, sort of radio-type setting. Um, so it's really important, I think, that we, that we say that um, uh, one of the things that we hope to do with our blog is to have a conversation, as I've said, 
um, we want to have a conversation and not a shouting match. And we know that people feel very passionately about their politics and they feel uh, that they're right and that's just the way it is because they've decided that you know their candidate is the right candidate. But we want to be open to the opposite points of view and to really try to learn from each other and try to um, hear what other people are saying. And I think that that might be something that's sort of missing from, from the blogosphere right now. It seems like there's a lot of talking and not a lot of listening. So we do hope to listen and we do hope to learn from each other. And um, so today what we're going to do is um, we're going to cover some of this week's campaign news, um, and some of the hot topics that have come up on the blog, and we're going to talk also a little bit about some of the offline discussions that we have behind the scenes at Momocrats and some of the things that are going on that are kind of percolating back there that you might not be aware of if you're a reader of the blog. Um, and we'd also, at the end, like to answer some questions. Um, there is a chat room that's open. If you go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash mamacrats, there's a chat room open. Um, so if you have a question, you can post it there, um, or we'll try, to, well, we'll try to get to it if we can. So without further ado, I want to introduce um, my guest today, or my co-host, Stefania Pomponi Butler, um, who is also known as City Mama, and uh, uh, Stefania, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, can okay, you hear me? Hi. Yeah, I can hear you just fine. So, um, Stefania blogs as City Mama at citymama.typepad.com, and she's also a contributing editor at Blogger. So, hi, Stefania. Hi, Glenna. <laughs> <laughs> quite a long introduction, I know, and I'm going to try to get Joanne on the line too. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. here. Oh, you there? Okay, I'm here. Great. great. So um, Joanne is also known as Pundit Mom, and she blogs at punditmom1.blogspot.com, and she's also a contributing writer to the Huffington Post and to blog her as well. So, welcome, ladies. Thanks for joining me. Our pleasure. Thank you. Great. So I wanted to start out kind of going off of what I was just talking about as far as how we got started and, um, you know, kind of let our, our readers and our listeners know a little bit more about who we are and kind of why we're doing this. So, um, Stefania, can you tell us sort of why, uh, you know, what was your idea behind starting Mamacrats and sort of what it's meant to you during these last few months that we've been doing this? Sure. I think um, that... I realized that ranting about politics on City Mama was not exactly the place to do it, even though it's part of me and uh, it's 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 it. I think people could argue, well, since it is it is part of who you are, then yes, you know, do do talk about it on City Mama. But I thought it would be better to have a different place and also to be part of a community with other moms doing the same thing who are feeling the same way. So when we sat down and talked about it, and it happened so quickly, I think um, I think part of the reason why it did happen so quickly was because there are a lot of us that feel the same way. <laughs> and obviously, with 22 writers now and the great commenters that we have participating in our community on a daily basis, there 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 was a time and a place. It was overdue to have something like Mamacrats. So for me, it's. Um, it's a way to share in community, to share how I feel. It's kind of a place where we can break that taboo of not discussing politics in public with people who are your friends. 
all of that. And it, it, um, I'm, I'm just so proud of what we've done so far. And Joanne, you've always blogged about politics on your blog, right? Yes. Yeah, that was uh, one of the primary reasons I started Pundit Mom was because I think I felt also sort of a, a vacuum out there in the blogosphere of women who were talking about politics and wanted to try to create a place where I could write about that and you know people would come and comment. But one of the reasons that I really enjoy Mamacrats is the community aspect of it. Is it really, you know, when you have more than one person contributing to a blog and writing about topics, it really helps you think about things in different ways and helps you, at least for me, helps me see things in different ways that I might not have thought of before, which for me is the whole great thing about the political process. Great. I think, you know, I I have the same feelings as the two of you um, about this. I mean, I, I write a blog called The Silent Eye, which is my personal blog, um, and I started to write more and more about politics, and then I thought, well, you know, I really, my blog's focus is more on traveling with kids, and, and it just didn't seem to fit with the things that I was writing about otherwise or, or with the other things that, I'm, that I normally cover. Uh, but I did want to have a place to put that, uh, you know, my opinions and my feelings about it, and, um, and sometimes I cross-post on both places, but it's been a really great um, evolution of a community, I think. Because, like you guys said, it's not—it's not just the writers, but it's also the readers who contribute and who who come in and comment. And you know, there's a back and forth that goes on in the commentary that I think is very instructive and, and very interesting to follow a lot of times. Um, so, anything else that you guys wanted to pitch in about the um, about the the experience of being a momocrat, I guess, uh, before we move on to the topics? This is Joanne. I, I think I've, it's really been um, amazing and empowering for me to think that more and more women are getting the chance to get our political voices out there. And I think we have have had in the past so few opportunities. And to be able to create a community, not only where we're writing about it, and where more more and more people are starting to comment about it. It's just it's just really exciting for me because there's just such a lack of that voice I think in most of the media. Yeah, that, I think that's that's really true. So um, speaking of the media, I wanted to talk about a little bit today what um, some of the the big news this week that we've uh, we've all been watching, uh, sort of obsessively following. At least I have. Um, and this week's news, the the main topic was the. Um, the Indiana and North Carolina primaries. Uh, excuse me, that happened on Tuesday. And um, so on Tuesday night, we ended up having a live blog and chat where uh, on, on our Mamacrat site, where we invited uh, our contributors and also uh, quite a few of our readers joined us as well um, to basically comment on the commenters. So I wanted to get your uh, your feelings about um, sort of what happened in Indiana and what happened in. Um, in North Carolina, whether there was any surprise. And then also to, to talk a little bit about the coverage, about what you saw as far as how it was being reported and, you know, some of the things that maybe were reported that were incorrect or, you know, turned out not to be true later. Um, so, Stefania, you, uh, you, were, you were moderating the chat, so what did you think? Well, I think, it, well, for me, I just wanted to get out there that I don't have cable. So the way that I get my information is by watching uh, 
coverage streaming online or reading the paper, reading websites, or, or um, having community discussions on places like MamaCrafts or in the live chat. So for me, it's interesting being removed during this cycle from a lot of the TV barrage, <laughs> all of the pundits and so forth. But um, so it's interesting to be in these live chats with people that have maybe a different perspective than, than what I'm seeing or wh what I'm, where I'm coming from. Um, and um, I think it's, it's – I like the community aspect of discussing what's happening. I've always been that kind of a person. So to sit in a chat, live chat, with 10, 12 other people discussing the happenings going on in real time is really exciting, very visceral. It's um, – it adds to the um, excitement or frustration or whatever you happen to be feeling about what's happening. And for me, because I am that way and I guess um, actively seeking out other people's thoughts and opinions all the time that we get to do that on MamaCrafts is, is really exciting and, and wonderful. I, I, I hope we continue doing it down the line. I can't see we, us um, not doing it. And it's also a great way for us to involve our readers and to get to know them better and to hear their thoughts and opinions. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was really exciting. I, I don't know, Joanne, were you able to, to see any of the chat that was going on? or uh, I, I did not get to see any of the chat. I actually had another commitment and was out somewhat late, sort of toward the end of the chat, but I did get to see some. Uh, I do have cable, so uh -huh. I did get to see <laughs> some of the end of the coverage of the on-air pundits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're I think, in the, um, oh. uh, You're in DC, so you're on the Eastern time zone, so you were uh, you would have had to be up really late, I guess, for, for right. the final I, final results to be on. I did not stay up for the final final. I made it till about 11 o'clock. No, oh, okay. Um, I thought I did think it was interesting, you know, sort of coming back home from the event that I had to attend. Um, I found it interesting that a couple, like Fox and CBS, called Indiana for Clinton almost immediately after the polls closed, and CNN and MSNBC waited until very, very late. So I sort of thought that was interesting, just from an election coverage standpoint, about you know, sort of you know where are they going and what are they looking at, and you know all of the polling data and how do they even figure that stuff out. So. I, I thought that was interesting, um, but the coverage, you know, I sort of, sort of my concern with some of the coverage that's been going on is that I think a lot of the pundits, uh, the political pundits on these news talk shows that do the coverage of the elections have really, you know, not held back on who they're supporting, and so you're sort of hoping to get some sort of objective coverage of the results in the election, and I think for some reason in this election year, you know, the pundits, you know, like Chris Matthews and Keith Olbermann and people like that have really felt more free to express their own opinions sort of as part of their news coverage, and, and I have found that a bit troubling. But do you think that's because of the advent of Fox News? I mean, because I think when Fox News came on board, I don't know how many years ago it's been, but they're so, um, so blatantly biased. 
um, that do you think that that you know MSNBC and CNN and some of these others that they're just sort of uh, following that that trend um, in being you know sort of picking somebody or taking a side um, or in sometimes switching sides uh, but do you think that that has to do more with the the this advent of of uh, Fox News and others that are that are very blatantly biased. I think that has a lot to do with it because I mean, for better or worse, Fox has had amazing ratings, and I have to assume that's because they have taken this you know, sort of blatant, you know, partisan position in a lot of their coverage, and other cable channels have not had the rating success that Fox has had. So I do have to wonder if their people are looking at that sort of as a template saying, well, if we want to get more people, do we need to sort of lean in the other direction and try to attract those people as viewers? Mm-hmm. Having said that, I think there's something particular about the nature of the whole Clinton-Obama race. You know, Once we've gotten down to Clinton and Obama, that has sort of brought out in everybody just the desire to choose a side. Stefania, what do you think? No, I think I agree with a lot of what Joanne has said. I don't, I don't have anything to add. Um, I guess you know it's a different, it's sort of a different era because uh, I, I mean, I grew up with Walter Cronkite and Dan Rather, and, and you would, or at least with Walter Cronkite, you would never know who he supported or didn't support. You know, he was just basically there to read the news. You know. <laughs> And now it just becomes so obvious because people are constantly, and maybe it's because of the 24-hour news cycle that they have to have something to talk about, so they just sort of fill up the time with, um, with whatever conjecture or spin that they can come up with. I think that's right, because in the 24-7 atmosphere, what, what else are you going to do? They've, they don't have enough money to fill it with you know, other kinds of programming. I just wanted to add, too, that in the chat that's happening right now, um, SoCal Mom, one of our uh, writers, brings up the fact that blogs also perhaps have an influence because on a blog, of course, you state what you feel and who you support, and you state it vehemently and loudly. And um, another writer, Erin uh, Kotecki Vest, Queen of Spain, also talks, is saying that she thinks the line between talk show hosts and anchors is, is blurred. I think that's right. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing, but really in the last few years it really has become blurred. And sort of, you know, what do we do about that and you know in terms of, you know, taking getting our news with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But I think that also that sort of forces people to become more critical. Um and and I just kind of wonder, you know, is is that um is critical thinking something that we're really trying to teach our kids? You know, I mean, we try to, at least I do, when, when my son's watching TV, if there are commercials on, to make sure that he understands that that's somebody trying to sell you something. Uh, but when something is billed as news, um, you're not expecting them to try to sell you something, whether it's a candidate or a point of view or whatever. And so I think it's really important uh, from a mom's perspective that we have to teach our kids how to think critically and how to make decisions for themselves and how to do research to back up. It's, you know, you can't believe everything that you hear on the news anymore or on TV just because they say it. It's not necessarily so. Um, I think that's that's a really excellent point, Glenna. 
Yeah, I've had several conversations with uh, my daughter about that, and just when you know, she was old enough to really get that as a concept, I mean, sort of the wide-eyed realization was so shocking to her. But you know, grown-ups would actually try to you know, that you can't believe everything that grown-ups say, and it's sort of a you know, obviously a realization that they have to come to, but uh, a hard one. And and I think it's important for us to do it politically, too. And, and I'm not sure that uh, – I don't know if a lot of people really do that. You know, maybe we're still at a place where we assume it's a, quote, unquote, news program so we can trust its objectivity. And just to bring in a couple more commenters from the chat room, Jen Satterwhite, another Mamacraft writer, Republican turned Democrat and Obama delegate, is pointing out that it's, it seems like News Cycle now is morning talk show and then nightly news talk show, so sort of the view taken into the nighttime. <laughs> and another commenter, the Ozone, is saying that before Fox it was all liberal, so they called their philosophy, quote-unquote, news. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely, I, I think that there's definitely a segment of the population that believes that um, it's, uh, you know, that there was liberal media bias um, before, so. Yeah, I think that's that's the line that people, like those who run Fox News, have tried to perpetuate to sort of advance their cause. Oh, the New York Times and the Washington Post, they are so liberal, and yes, they do have a liberal bias, and the Wall Street Journal has a conservative. I mean, you can tell that there is some sort of leaning but to say that there was a huge liberal control of the media beforehand, I think, is just not true. Right. So, wow, this has sort of evolved into a conversation yeah. <laughs> about mainstream media <laughs> instead of about the news itself. So I guess the next, next topic I wanted to talk about was, so what do you guys think as far as what's the next thing for Hillary? Do you think she should stay in? Should she stay or should she go, I guess is the question. Um, and how long do you think she should stay in, or do you think it should go all the way to the prime uh, to the uh, convention with a, you know, and have a brokered convention? Uh, what are the pluses and minuses of of those things? I guess that's a lot of questions. So, <laughs> Stefania, what do you think? Oh, <laughs> well, um, if uh, if you, I'll just leave it at if if I talk to you on Wednesday of this week, I apologize. I was very grouchy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I obviously um, support Obama, and but but beyond that, I mean, I, I wish that we had one candidate right now to support, so that we can kind of steal our resolve against the McCain machine. Um, and so I think that is the most frustrating. And um, and yes, the process needs to play out um, as it is meant to, but. The fact that we um, we don't have one <laughs> candidate, one nominee at the moment, is really frustrating. <laughs> um, and so I'll just um, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> Joanne, what do you think? And and as Stefania knows, I'm a Clinton supporter. Although you know Edwards was our first choice, and that's what yes. brought us together. Um, I I share Stefania's frustration. Um, because on the one hand, I would I would love to have one candidate to get behind at this point too, but it's hard for me to say that I think that should happen, given the fact that the 
candidate everybody, so many people would like to see drop out is the first viable woman candidate who has done extraordinarily well in terms of the popular vote and the pledge delegates. And given that she is the first, there have been a couple of op-eds this week, uh, one by Marie Wilson and one by the head of EMILY's list, saying that they think she should stay in until the end of the primary process just so that we can say that the, the first real woman candidate you know, went through the whole process, regardless of what happens, and let the process play out. And I think there was a time a month or two ago when I might have agreed that she should get out, but now that we're just a few weeks away from the end of the primaries, I think we should see you know, where things are at the end of the primaries. I don't think it should go to the convention. I think that doesn't serve anybody, but at this stage of the game, why not just let the primaries play out? And then I think that gives her, as people like to say, the graceful way to get out. I stayed in, I fought the good fight, and now it's time for me to get out. Well, I, I, I sort of agree with you, Joanne. I think that um, just going through the primaries, if nothing else, I think it really uh, encourages the party to do the get out the vote. I mean, to just get people out there and registered and get them excited about the election. Um, you know, we've registered more new Democrats in this election cycle than ever before, and it seems like every place where a primary comes up where uh, people know that their vote actually matters for something, it really, um, you know, they get enthusiastic about it, and they, they want to um, support their candidate. And so, yeah, the divisiveness is bad, I think, overall, but for the most part, I think in the long run, if we do go through the primaries, that it's going to be better for the party. Um, it's just I don't know if there's enough time between the end of the primaries and the convention to really heal the rift. For the people who are saying, you know, I'll never vote for Hillary, I'm going to stay home um, to to come around, or the opposite for the Obama people who say, I'm, you know, or the I'm sorry, the um, the people who say they'll never vote for Obama, um, you know, to come around, depending on who who it is, and it looks it's looking more and more like it's Obama. But I think something has to happen within the party to bring everybody back under the same tent. Um, but I, I do think just going through this primary process has been interesting and it's been kind of exciting for people. Um, you know, there hadn't been a, um, a presidential candidate come to visit Indiana in the primary since Bobby Kennedy. So for those people in Indiana, to, for them to know that their votes made a difference somehow um, in tipping it one way or the other, I think was was really great for them, and I think it's great for us as a country to get people involved and enthusiastic about voting again. I think that's right, and I think we're going to have to have somebody from the party is going to have to step forward because I don't think any amount of time will heal whatever rift there is by you know one voter, you know, like a Clinton voter saying I'm not going to vote for Obama or vice versa, unless someone like Al Gore or you know, somebody with that amount of gravitas steps forward and says, okay, now, you know, enough, be done. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I think, you know, people, I mean, for better or worse, people have gotten so excited about this process and have gotten behind some very exciting candidates that it's hard then to sort of back away from that. I, it, it took me weeks after Edwards dropped out of the race to sort of feel like I could get into the process again. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I think I emailed the Momocrats that, you know, I just felt like I wanted to take to my bed with a bottle of gin and a bag of Oreos and not come out for a month <laughs> after that because I was just like, 
oh, you know, come on. But I don't know. I mean, in some ways, the kind of the downside of this going on and on is it, it sort of feels like this, um, you know, this election is being measured in dog years because, you know, Edwards dropped out in February, but that seems yeah. like an eternity ago, you know, <laughs> and it just seems like it's going on forever. But it's really, you know, the, the rest of the primaries are going to be played out within the next few weeks. Um, so, I mean, I hope that they're able to uh, work something out and, and that it um, has a good resolution for the party, um, you know, and that everybody involved feels like they were treated fairly and that they're included. So, anyway, um, I wanted to talk also a little bit about some of the things um, that have been happening on the blog, which kind of goes along with what we've been talking about as far as the news and what's next for Hillary. It seemed like um, this week we had uh, quite a few Hillary supporters uh, writing on the blog, not just Joanne. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Joanne was like our lone voice for Hillary for a while, and she's like, hey. <laughs> you know. Um, so uh, what did you guys think of that as far as uh, this sort of uh, – do you think there was a reason for it, or uh, did it just sort of happen, or uh, do you have any ideas about that? I think it just sort of happened. Um, you know, if I – did agree with the one guest post this week that, you know, there does seem to be, you know, a little bit of a, you know, oh, I'm voting for Hillary, but, you know, only when I pull the shades and turn the lights off and, you know, sort of not wanting to come out for that. Um, but uh, but I, I think I, I'm glad that some other people have been writing about her, even though, you know, it certainly doesn't look like she's going to be the candidate at this stage of the game. I kind of wondered um, if it if it happened because uh, you know people were kind of coming out in her defense because it looked like she was down. You know, people sort of rally for her when it looks like she's um, you know she's flailing or she's she's not doing as well. I know for me, I was uh, you know like I said, uh, I was a Edward supporter. I was sort of lukewarm for Obama. I ended up voting for Obama, but I was always like I could go either way. I liked them both. I like things about them, I dislike things about them, but it wasn't until the whole Bittergate thing that I really came to feel strongly about Obama, because I felt like he was being treated unfairly, uh, that he was being sort of misrepresented in the media, and that he was, um, you know, sort of being that and the, the Jeremiah Wright stuff, and so I think for me, my own entrenchment or my own sort of um, feelings about it uh, became a lot more firm once um, you know, once he was under attack, <laughs> I guess. I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, I don't know if people sort of rally to Hillary, you know, when they feel like she's sort of been down too. Well, for me, I mean, I, I, Stefania, I just, um, and this, I mean, just take this comment for what it's worth. Um, the fact that it comes down to that when it, I mean, for me, it seems like she people rally around her when she's under attack or under fire. I, I find myself wondering where where were you three months ago? Where were you six months ago? Um, why does it seem like she doesn't elicit the kind of passionate um, support that Obama does? And maybe it's just because I'm in my own little world, but I I think I try to look at the situation somewhat objectively. But I think, I mean, on the whole, I just don't find that. And I, and I find that puzzling. And what is it about the enthusiastic Obama support that makes Hillary supporters feel like Sarah Gilbert said this week, 
that they're in the closet or that now they're finally coming out and standing proud. I find it puzzling. I, I think partly, you know, maybe it's just her personality. I mean, you know, I, I, there was so much comparison at the beginning between her and Bill, you know, who elicited so much enthusiastic support and supposedly, you know, to use the bad quote, felt our pain, and uh, that she just has never been that kind of person. And do you need do you need to have a candidate who, uh, you know, a qualified candidate who who rouses that sort of feeling to be, you know, a candidate? For me, I think the answer is yes. I think I also, you know, we we were all supporting Edwards and looking at the other candidates critically. And for me, the thing that swung me over to the Obama side was exactly that, the enthusiasm not just from people here but around the world. And um, it seemed like every time I mentioned Obama on my blog that there were people who – came, you know, in, in other countries saying, yeah, we're watching too, and, and yeah, he inspires us too, and that was, for me, the tipping point. Yeah, that was that was it for me too. I think I wrote about this on the blog, that um, it wasn't so much the man as the movement, and, and it felt like what he was inspiring in young people and, and uh, new voters and people getting out for the first time ever um, to support him. And I, and I think Hillary's... Hillary's gotten some of that as well, but I don't think it's been as obvious or as reported or or as palpable to me as as the kind of movement that um, that Obama has, has sort of has engendered. Um, so you know, uh, I was worried that we were going to not have enough to say, but now we only have seven minutes left, and <laughs> have a whole bunch of other topics that we were going to cover. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about. Um, about the Mother's Day meme um, that Stefania started. And, and Stefania, uh, just to invite our listeners and our readers to participate in this, um, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I just thought um, rather belatedly this week that um, as we are Momocrats, that it made sense to um, highlight Mother's Day in a Momocrat way. And we had a discussion and uh, talked about lots of terrific ideas. And the one that kind of floated to the surface was this dreams of a mother idea um, to kind of, I guess, play off of um, another similarly titled uh, book. But um, the the important thing is that it uh, supports the um, uh, – <laughs> I'm losing my train of thought here. It supports the, the real idea of what Mother's Day was about. And um, everyone can go and Google – Mother's Day and Julia Ward Howe and what the um, what her Mother's Day proclamation was. But our idea is that over the next week we will highlight the fact that Mother's Day is not about, as Stephanie says, it's not about flowers, candy, or brunch, but a dreams our dreams as mothers. It's about political activism and standing up for justice. And we'll be blogging it, and we invite our readers to blog it as well and to help yourself to a button and as we do on Mamacrafts, link back to us, and we will compile all your fabulous posts and um, give you link love in return. Great. And I think um, that the theme can also be extended to 
uh, I, I think in, in some ways uh, the meme or the theme is kind of a writing prompt for people to think about, you know, what are your dreams as a mom for your children, for your for the world, for your community. Uh, but also I, I thought of it in terms of like, well, what were my mother's dreams for me? And, you know, have those things been fulfilled? Or, um, you know, or do you know another mom who has big dreams for making a difference? So I think you could kind of take it and, and work with it and, um, you know, write a, a number of different ways about it. But we really would like for our, our readers to uh, come on board and, and leave a comment with their links, and we would definitely uh, provide a, a roll-up at the end of the week of all the great posts that we find that, that deal with this theme. So thanks for that, Stefania. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and the other big news, I guess, on our blog this week, and we don't have a lot of time left, but... Um, it was really exciting in the last week that uh, we had some questions that we submitted to the Obama campaign that were um, that they actually wrote us back and answered them, and we were able to post those on the blog. Uh, but they had sort of a funny evolution, and I wanted Stefania to uh, maybe talk about that a little bit too. Sure. Well, it actually started as an April Fool's Day joke, which I feel so bad about. We, uh, we, our April Fool's Day joke was that we were going to be meeting Obama, and if you could ask him a question, what would you ask? And um, our dear readers actually came up with very thoughtful, very um, important questions, and we decided that we couldn't just let it go. <laughs> um, and Jaleth, one of our bloggers, compiled all the questions from our readers and from the Mamacrats as well, and um, and it kind of went from there. We we thought if if we could possibly get Obama really to answer these questions, and um, then something positive or more positive <laughs> could come out of our April Fool's Day funniness. And that's where Glenna. I don't know if you want to speak to how that happened. You can jump in and explain. Well, um, I think when Stefania wrote that original post, she was saying, as, just as a joke, that we were going to have the opportunity to to meet Obama. But it turned out that he was in town that weekend, and I was going to that fundraiser. So I actually took the question with me. And when he had an opportunity for some Q&A, I raised my hand, but I didn't get chosen. And it turned out to be that famous uh, Bittergate fundraiser uh, that everybody reported on and you know um, so I was able to make some um, uh, some contacts with the campaign and eventually find the right uh, the right people within the campaign to send the um, the questions to and then they answered them and we were really surprised at how thorough they were and how thoughtful th those um, answers were and I guess, Joanne, you had an opportunity to talk about it on the XM Radio Show this week, too? Right. They've been interested in the uh, Mamacrats, and I've been interviewed a couple of times on POTUS 08 uh, about what we're doing at Mamacrats, and they were particularly interested to hear that uh, sort of post that ABC debate with you know not-so-substantive questions that we were actually able to get some substantive answers to questions that just don't get asked that much in the debates. Yeah, so that's that's been really exciting, and it's been um, something that um, Aaron, Queen of Spain, um, got a friend to put it out on the PR wire, and so we've been getting noticed in blogs around the world, including a Greek blog that I had <laughs> to use the Google Translator to translate. <laughs> it was pretty interesting, but uh, we've been 
getting lots of links from from different blogs all over the world about that particular posting and those questions and answers and lots of really great feedback from people saying that they were uh, you know much more substantive than what we saw in the ABC debate so that's uh, that's been really exciting. So, so just another step toward world domination. Just another step towards <laughs> world domination, which is our ultimate goal, you know. <laughs> well, there's quite a lot of other stuff that we um, we have here on our topic list that we're not getting to because we only have a minute left. Uh, so I think we should probably just wrap it up, um, and next time we will uh, delve into some of these other topics uh, as well and maybe be able to take a couple uh, reader questions and answers. looks like there's a pretty lively chat going on in the chat room right now. Um, <laughs> we've got some interesting people over there, Queen of Spain, City Mama, Pundit Mom, uh, SoCal Mom, and Jen Satterwhite. Uh, they're all over there. If you want to come on over and, and chat uh, for a little while, that would be great. Um, what we'd really like to do, I want to thank everybody for listening and for joining us for this first time around. Uh, obviously, we don't quite know what we're doing yet, but we'll figure it out in time. We're smart women. We'll, we'll be able to do it, I'm sure. Um, but we'd like your feedback, so come on over to mamacrats.com and leave a comment sometime and just tell us what you thought of the show, uh, what you think we could do better, um, how we can improve. And uh, so come on over to www.mamacraft.com. Thank you. I think Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. <laughs> they just cut us off. But I think it's still in the archives. So yeah, uh, it's still in the archives. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Okay. okay. Thanks, Thank Anna. you. Goodbye.